Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is what we call a three technique. This is what we call a three technique. On the ride with Royce. Freeman on a toss, running left. Blocker in front of him, Matthews. Good start, and Freeman breaks loose. Devontae Freeman, welcome to the Super Bowl, out to the 45. Ah, the Vikings were uh, hoping that they only had to take on one of those running backs down there in Atlanta, but Devontae Freeman, uh, the best of the running backs down there in Atlanta, uh, passed the uh, concussion protocol today and uh, was supposed to be on the practice field today for the Cardinals. He, uh, I mean, for the Falcons, he apparently missed how many games here now? He's missed uh, about three weeks of games for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, he's very good, and uh, that's they. They are. You get the impression that they're kind of getting their game back a little bit, yeah. but. They were only a touchdown ahead after getting the big start. They they got a hard time holding on to a lead as we as was demonstrated in an important game last year. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and one other thing about the Falcons is a lot of their, you know, their their comeback of the season, a lot of their wins have been on the road. I read something earlier this week, and I'll try to find it. Their their home games, fellas, they've had a large majority of the opposing team's fans there because everyone wants to see the new stadium. And mm-hmm. Atlanta's a very bandwagon town when it comes to their local sports team. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of crowd that is down there for Sunday's game. Because uh, Vikings fans travel well, especially when they're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a 1,000 yards rushing each of the last two years. He's not going to make it this year, 515 no. yards, but a very good back. Even though he's only five foot eight. What was he, Kansas, uh, Kansas State? Florida Florida State. Florida State. Florida State. Well, uh, Devontae Freeman will play for the uh, Falcons on Sunday, apparently. Kevin Love puts it on the deck against Whiteside. Created space. And hit it. He's creating a nightmare for Hassan Whiteside now with eight. Crowder steps into a three. Line drive it. Kevin Love. He's everywhere now. The omnipresent Kevin Love. 14-4. He sends it up. And no. Kevin Love doing everything but selling nachos tonight. 64-39. Who's doing that broadcast? Who was that? I forget his name. Is that ESPN Radio? No, that that's the Cavaliers. Oh, uh, really? that's the We've FS. had a call from them before. Oh, that, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the Fox Sports <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> I uh, recognize that voice. I thought from national stuff. Don't okay, I, don't I? Maybe I don't know. Not. Uh, Kevin Love, remember him? Twenty nine years old now. Turned twenty nine in September, and I continue to say one of the greatest upsets in American sports. 
is all these guys have left Cleveland and he's still there with it's him and LeBron. <laughs> and uh, he was the one that everybody one. thought that be was going to be gone. And yeah, go to the Lakers, right? <laughs> and he was it. Was it close? Was it ever close for him leaving? Uh, no, he signed the two. He signed like what a two year deal to stay with LeBron. No, right? he signed. The, he signed the max. He signed a five. Oh my god, hundred and twenty or something. Yeah, but didn't he originally when the trade was made sign a two year one so he could then get the bigger contract supposedly? I don't. So, I don't, I don't he got the max though. Huh? Yeah, he he got he wow. got like five. Finally got his max. Something. Yeah. Finally got his max. Thirty-two point, uh, thirty-eight points last night. Thirty-two in the first half, and at the end of the first quarter, Miami had twenty-four points and Love had twenty-two. Uh, one of those nights, we saw a few of those nights here when he's uh, making everything. Is he playing more center? Then yes, because they, they said they yeah. said he was playing against Whiteside. Is it Whiteside? Yeah, they, they've been putting him at center a lot more. Yeah. yeah. What is he six? Ten if he's lucky. Six. I I think, I think he's, he's actually like six nine, nine, but he's listed as six ten. Ten of sixteen from the field, four of eight on threes, and he shot seventeen free throws and made fourteen of them. How does he shoot seventeen free throws anyway? Uh, One hundred eight ninety seven calves. LeBron got tossed for the first time in his yeah. life. Complaining about a call when they were leading by 23. 23. <laughs> he got uh, tossed. But uh, look out. They've won nine in a row. They're developing bench, and they don't have Isaiah. And Isaiah Thomas is starting to do stuff now. He's uh, probably still and, a month and away. And Derek Rose, I was unfortunately, just has him. checked out. So. Well, didn't he That's leave the okay. team, right? Yeah, he's yeah. not with the team right now. So hmm. who's playing point guard? LeBron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, LeBron is kind of running the offense and... I mean, he kind of, that's well, kind know, of what he is anyway. You know, Tyron Lue must be doing a hell of a job coaching that. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what I'm citing it. Tyron Bron James is doing a nice so, job coaching I know that, that the Cavs have really turned around, but are the Heat that big of a garbage dump? I mean, no, I know. It's my hair. Yeah, they did that. You did know, they they're, right they're, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last week they did. Because who do they have besides Whiteside? Uh, uh, Deion Waiters. They got Goran Dragic, who's oh, pretty I good. Oh, Dragic. When. When they had that hot streak last year, when they won like fourteen in a row or something, remember yeah. that? James Johnson, yeah. Kelly Olynyk is there. And... Uh, Waiters and Dragic went nuts. And you know what? Spolster is a good coach. Yep, he's a really good I coach. Agree with you. I, I think you know. First and foremost, it's a it's a testament and a compliment, you know, to to our program and our players that you know that you perform well. Uh, you know, during the season, and other people have interest talking to you. So, uh, you know, there was you know. You know, people who are interested in uh, speaking to me about, uh, you know, their head coaching positions. That is Joe Moorhead. Uh, James Franklin was getting heat at Penn State two years ago. They were playing at kind of, they were, who was the, Hockenhauser or whatever. What Hackenberg. Christian Hackenberg. Hackenberg yeah. Who they, was a, a slow-footed pocket passer. Who has turned into a hack. Yeah. Yeah. Slow-footed pocket passer. That was their offense. Uh, it was terrible. They went what seven and five or something like that. Mm-hmm. He was getting heat, and he went and hired Joe Moorhead uh, out of uh, an FCS program, right, or a, even a division where with Lehigh or some damn place. He went out and hired this Joe Moorhead to become his offensive coordinator. Moorhead came in and came up with this dynamic offense, changed him completely. Uh, to turn them into a very explosive offensive team. Now it helps when you have the best running back in the country. That does Juan help Barkley. things. That makes you pretty good. And it helps when you get Matt Limegrover in there teaching yeah. him how to block, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, But anyway, Joe Moorhead uh, did well enough at Penn State that today 
He was named as the new coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs after Dan Mullen left. He's only 44 years old. He looks a little older than that. But uh, he got hired down there. And Mississippi State, unlike uh, Tennessee, doesn't have these big wild dreams. They just went and hired a good football coach, yeah. right? I, yeah. I missed it. If Joe you remind me, where did Dan Mullen go? Florida. He went to Florida. He did yeah. take the Florida job. Okay. Yeah. okay. Which made him very happy in Nebraska because they were all puckered up that Scott Frost might go there. Mm-hmm. Of course, now there's the – apparently there is some – Truth to the Jumbo Fisher going to Texas A&M rumors. Why? No. Seven and a half mil, supposedly. Well, what is he? He's got to be making decent money at Florida well, State, sure right? He's making five. And that's why And that's why Oregon, did you see Reavers today? Oregon is trying to rework uh, Willie Taggart's deal because they're scared that he's going to go to Florida State to um, replace Jimbo if Jimbo leaves. Unbelievable. Yeah. College it, football, man. It's un- It's crazy. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, just throw that money away, baby. All right, we'll see what happens. This is the Herm Edwards slot, but there's a little... You know what we're doing? There. It's an audio roll of the dice. It is, it is. Otherwise, we'll have Collar check in from Winter Park, but we hope to talk to Herm. The Ride with Royce. Now, traffic. Time for traffic and weather. Would you actually do the weather for us? Traffic and weather together. All right, let's rock on over to the east side. You're my, uh, your traffic here is sponsored by Account Temps. I almost named the wrong radio station. Ah. Oopsie. Talking purple right now on The Ride with Royce. You play to win the game. Hello? It's former player and coach turned ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards is with us. Why do they keep saying you're 63 in all these reports from Arizona State? You look about 45, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. People think like age is supposed to deny you from doing things. I don't know why they think that. That's right. Just tell me what you want to tell me about Arizona State. We'll get on with the uh, next topic. No, obviously I'm going to go down there and interview and we'll see where it goes from there. So I'm excited about it. Ray Anderson was uh, Denny Green's uh, agent. Did he work with you too or not? Was I'm it... Tony's, Ray's. Uh, okay. Yeah, Ray was Tony's as well. Uh, Marvin. There's a bunch of us, yeah. Okay, so uh, that's you kind of know him from back there. Yeah, then, I know huh? him really well. I know him really well. Yeah, well, Arizona's a heck of a place to spend the winter anyway. What the heck? <laughs> all right. You're right about that. We'll see how it all how, how it all turns out. We'll see. All right, Vikings heading down to Atlanta. A lot of people think Atlanta might be starting to cure itself here. But then again, they were only a touchdown ahead going into the fourth quarter on Sunday, so I'm not sure they're completely cured. Yeah, uh, this is a tough game. I mean, I think, you know, Atlanta's starting to come on a little bit, looking like the team they were last year when they entered that Super Bowl. Um, you know, they're, they're much more balanced now, and I, and I guess the runner's going to come back. Dante Freeman. Yeah. A lot of people thought Julio Jones was done, and then I guess they must have <laughs> heard that and got mad. <laughs> so, <laughs> played pretty good. By the way, so this is a really great matchup. I mean, both these teams are rolling right now. As we know, the Vikings are playing well. The concern is this. If this is, um, you know, this could be one of those games because it's inside, obviously, and both teams play inside, that it could be, you know, back and forth. All of a sudden, the kicker becomes an issue, doesn't he? Yeah, he's uh, he's had a little trouble lately. Uh, yeah. 
uh, we got a we got a kid down here we were talking about today at Mankato State. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Division two. He kicked the sixty three yarder. They might want to look at him, man. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of interesting how this thing is kind of going back and forth, you know. But um, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game to watch. Herm, did you? Uh, I don't want you don't have to name names here, but uh, did you ever have the kicker who drove you nuts? I mean, do they as a coach do they oh, drive you, you know crazier yes, than any of them? Yes, sometimes I didn't even look at them when they kicked. <laughs> I just listened to the crowd. If the crowd went, oh, then that means we made it. If they were hollering, I thought we missed one. You know, I, we had one guy that missed one. You know, and you know he 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 hit it. He hit it left. You know, yeah. or he hit it right. And I went okay, and so we get lined up to get another one later on in the game, and um, he misses the next one. You know. Yeah. And then I and I walk up to the special team coach, Mike Westall's a great special yeah. coach. Right. And I say, Coach, I know what happened. I said, he missed it left. He says, No, Herm. Not only did he miss his left, he kicked it in the tunnel. I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's uh but now, at least back in that day, you didn't have to get nervous about the extra points. Now if you're a coach in the oh, NFL, yeah. you even gotta worry about the extra points. No, you're right, and that was a great rule change. It really oh, like was. It All of a sudden, people cannot go, you know, to the refrigerator and get a soft drink or whatever they're drinking watching the game because all of a sudden the kick is not a given, especially now. If you're outside and the wind starts blowing and the conditions are bad, all of a sudden that's a long kick. Yep, that's right. Hey, Herm, uh, the Vikings can start dreaming of the number one seed here. The Eagles have to go to Seattle, go to the Rams, and go to Dallas, which will be completely desperate by then, right? I mean, this yep. is a tough little road trip, and they're staying out on the West Coast. They they got to go. They got to go win at Seattle if they want to keep their uh, upper hand here. I think. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, and, and 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 even and even Minnesota, you know. They've got a, this three-game stretch we talked about, yep. obviously. They beat Detroit, now they got to go to Atlanta, and they got to go to Carolina. So both these teams now are, you're right, they're looking at that point of, hey, can we get home field advantage all the way through because that's going to be really big for both of these teams. So what do you like Carolina? Or don't you know? I do. I, I do. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it's how, how Cam plays kind of tells you how they're going to play. You know, now he's – He's taking the ball in his hand and become more defiant on, hey, I'm going to run. Don't worry about me getting hurt. And, you know, their the running offense is picked up. So uh, that's interesting. You know, their defense is always solid, but it all depends on how Cam plays. And if he plays good, they're going to win. He likes McCaffrey, though. That yeah, he's starting he... to figure that out. Yeah, he's starting <laughs> to figure that out. That McCaffrey guy is a pretty good player yeah, yeah. when he gets him the ball. So he's starting to get the rhythm of that together. So we'll have to wait and see. But. You know, they're a good football team. Uh, they got the pedigree when it comes to November, how to win in November and December. Uh, what's your uh, view of the Eli Manning situation? Uh, do we really need an answer on Geno Smith there? Uh, I don't get well, it. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was one of those deals, you know, where they just felt they wanted to look at Geno and maybe Webb, too. I guess the plan is now going forward, uh, they might use both these guys, you know. But I, that, that was just kind of hard to watch, you know. All of a yeah. sudden the guy's not hurt. I mean, you can't put it all on him. I mean, he's never been a mobile quarterback. He's going to sit in the pocket and try to throw. And yeah. Lose all those weapons. You can't run the ball. And, you know, all of a sudden, you want to pull him out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I give him credit, though. He said, I'm not going to start the game and keep the streak going here. And no, then, uh, you're right. have you hook you're him. Right. I mean, I, I like guys like that that don't. No, uh, he's a pro's pro. You know, it's kind of ironic. I said on, on, on TV today, I said, you know, in the last 11 Super Bowls, the Mannings, along with his brother, Peyton yeah. and Eli, have played in six of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they've won four. Yeah, that, that? 
That is amazing. Hey, this kid is going to be hard to judge whether he's a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback or not because he's had his shaky years. But when yeah. when it's all said and done, the numbers are going to be pretty astounding. I would think. Yeah, he's got two Super Bowls in his pocket. You know, and, and, and it's going to be interesting now this season when it ends. Does he do what his brother has done in the past and go somewhere else and play, or does he hang him up? Be interesting. So the Chargers are coming on like oh. gangbusters here. You told us about that a couple weeks yeah. ago, yeah. and their defense is playing great. What if the AFC title game ends up being played in that soccer stadium? That would be something, wouldn't it? All of a, you know what? All of a sudden, in the stub hub, all of a sudden, those L.A. Charger fans are starting to show There's up. There's a few of them showing up. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got, uh, but they're, uh, you look at that West and Kansas. Oh. What, what happened to Kansas City? Do you have a theory? Well, you know, they they really bogged down that offense. In the, in the sense, they, they ran a lot of those gimmicky plays. It's kind of caught up to them. Kind of caught up to them. People have figured it out. You know, people are saying a lot of that, what we call Tampa 2 on them, and not allowing any vertical passes down the boundaries. And uh, you got the two safeties playing deep, you know, and got the middle linebacker running down the middle, so you got to have to do chunk plays. And they can't move the ball doing that. It's really uh, funny the first month of the season, man. They got Tyreek Hill. They got Kareem yeah. Hunt. How are they going to stop anybody? They got the tight end, oh, Kelsey. Man. How are you going to stop them? And now uh, Hunt's had several nothing games in a row. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it's, yeah, his numbers are way down. I mean, they're, they're really, really. And you know what, what has happened in that streak? They were 47% on third down. Now they're 30%. So they're not getting the plays either. They're, they're getting off the field quick, quicker. You know, and, and they're not converting first downs. You know, the average first downs in a game is around 18. They're only making 16. So with that in the third downs, not getting the ball a lot on offense. Hey, uh, Herm, uh, everybody in baseball thought they had the juice baseball this year. Do we got the juice football? Uh, we see the 42-year-old yeah. field goal kicker go out there and kick a 57-yarder like it's nothing. He hardly even took a that? swing at it. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, that, 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 I mean, it's, it's amazing. Kick, some, some of these old kickers, they just keep kicking, you know, and say, hey, they don't believe in no numbers. They said, let me go kick. The ball's the ball. That's right. The okay. got older. It's still a football. Okay, I got to ask you one last question. Sure. What's Mrs. Edwards telling you? <laughs> That's the boss, right? She's allowed me to go. She's allowed me to go interview. That's she's allowed so you far. to go talk about it, huh? yeah, but you got to exactly call right. her back. I would imagine. That's, that, that's a fact. That is a fact. <laughs> All right, Herb. Thanks <laughs> Thank for your you, time. Good luck for whatever okay. you want to happen. Sir. Okay, my friend. Talk to you next week. All right, uh, Herb Edwards. Uh, is that a tip? He's not going to take. The no, job. no. You know, yes, it is a tip. Guess what? What? Mrs. Edwards runs that house. <laughs> yes. That's the tip. That is the tip. That's right. I would imagine the first thing she said, you crazy, honey? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think he'd be a hell of a college coach, though, don't you? He's got genuine great enthusiasm. Yes, yes, yeah. yes he does. And... Maybe they'll let him keep coaching the Under Armour game, too. You think the other people might complain and the other college that might coaches be might complain about issue. that? Might be a bit of an issue. That would be a nice advantage, wouldn't it? All right. We'll be back. Uh, I think we got a Super Bowl story coming up, and I can tell you as the author, it's a damn good one, and then uh, we'll have Jess Myers in to talk some pucks. Fifteen hundred ESPN presents fifty-two super stories leading up to the big game. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. 
Here's Patrick Royce. We're winding down here with the Super Bowl stories. Uh, only got 10 or 11 left. And today we start the great eight of Super Bowls. Whether because of the stakes involved, the historical uh, significance, or the drama of the activity, these are my great eight Super Bowl stories. Number eight, the NFC had won 13 straight Super Bowls, and the Packers were 11 and a half point favorites over Denver when they played the 32nd Super Bowl in San Diego on January 25th. 1998. The Pack went 13-3 that season and Favre threw 35 touchdown passes. The Broncos were 12-2, uh, but the Chiefs went 13-3 to win the division, and that made Denver a wildcard team. They beat Jacksonville, then they won at number one seeded Kansas City to 14-10. I was at that game. There were a lot of unhappy folks in red when they lost that one. Then they beat the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl. Everyone was looking at the Packers as an almighty team back then, but in retrospect, 11.5 points was a uh, a bit inflated. Elway might have been 37 and had been lousy in uh, three of Denver's four previous Super Bowl losses. He didn't quarterback the first one, but he was pretty good that season. 3,600 yards, 27 touchdowns. So 17-17 in the middle of the third quarter, and Denver went 92 yards for a lead touchdown. Uh, Elway throwing a 36-yard pass to Ed McCaffrey to uh, get the Broncos in close. Then the old quarterback, Elway, converted on third down by scrambling and getting spun in the air. He was hit by two Packers, got the first down and Davis scored another touchdown. The Packers fumbled on the ensuing kickoff. Denver recovered, but then Elway threw an interception to Eugene Robinson. Packers went 85 yards to tie it, but then the Broncos put together a drive in the last few minutes, kind of almost reminiscent of Elway's drive in Cleveland. They were down at the one. Mike Holmgren told the Packers defense to let them score. Davis scored his third touchdown. Packers started at the 30 with a minute and a half left. Favre completed a couple long passes, and then Denver's safety, Steve Atwater. He knocked himself, teammate Randy Hilliard, and the Packers' Antonio Freeman all out of the game on one play in the last minute. And the throw in, Broncos 31, Packers 24. Back in the days when occupants of Viking land were very pleased to see Brett Favre lose a big ball. Game. 52 Super Stories continues next week. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. And for more details on Super Bowl 52 coming to the Twin Cities in 2018, sign up for the host committee email at mnsuperbowl.com. Sitting shotgun on the ride with Royce. I'm not that good a driver. <laughs> I'm old. On 1500 ESPN. Give us 30 minutes and we'll give you everything plugs. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. Jess Myers now joins the ride with Royce. Right now. For this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. I was just reading a story uh, by Dave Levesque on StarTribune.com. Uh, St. Paul paper might have had this, too. I didn't see it. But uh, there are two hockey programs now in the state of in the city of St. Paul. There are, Highland yes. Park, Highland and, Park Johnson. and Johnson. And Johnson, right. Como, yeah, Como, Como Park was... Como had a program until two years ago. Yes, and... Uh, and Highland just started up again a few right. years ago. Highland kind of had a rebirth. Well, they have two teams, and Thursday night they're playing 7.30 at Charles Schultz Arena. That's the one at Highland, right? That's the one at Highland, yep, right Highland. by the water tower there. Uh, and uh, some guy was over in Scotland and purchased this cup, this, uh, you know, kind of, <laughs> and they're now a pewter cup purchased from Scotland, and they're now going to start using that as a trophy. So the St. Paul it'll, Cup. It'll, 
It'll be the Scottish Cup when when Highland uh, wins, and it'll be the uh, Governor's yes. Cup when yes. uh, when the other team wins. Some guy from Highland when, when Johnson wins. Uh, yeah, right. Because uh, Highland has always had the Scottish colors, right? What's yeah, their oh, nickname? Yeah. The Scots. They're they right. are the Scots. Yep. They're... Right down this. Well, you know what? When you're that close I think. to Matt, are they are they the I don't Highlanders? Think they're the, I don't think they're the. No, I think Scots. they're the Scots. Are they? I think they might be. When we you're can, right down, if the, only there was a way we could go online right, and look this when up. When you're but, right yeah. down the street from Mac, though, and all their fantastic athletic success, you will you, absolutely. You try, you gotta, it's got to rub off. You got to try to embrace uh, that. Uh, that is for sure. So you just got back from Arizona. Just got off the plane, Phoenix. Uh, but you didn't get to see a Coyotes game. No, I didn't. Did and you, and, did and, you, you know, sense I, much uh, Coyotes excitement? I didn't. You were there. I didn't feel a lot of buzz. <laughs> I, I got to tell. Wow. Yeah, Patrick, I've always been the guy who says, yeah, they're going to find a way. They're going to turn this around. They're going to get a new arena, yada, yada, yada. I'm starting to lose faith a little bit. i got to tell you, there's just that team is so far off the radar in that market. It's crazy. Now, i got to say this. Arizona's not a great sports market to start with. No. You know, it's a ton of transplants. You know, there's some hype about the Diamondbacks when they're good. There's some hype about the It used to be if the Blackhawks played, they'd... They'd fill right. the arena up or not. I don't and, know if and that And they don't even fill the arena, but when the Western Canadian teams come mm-hmm. to town, there are so many snowbirds from Alberta and British Columbia and that part of Canada that they get a better crowd for those games. Uh, Keith Ballard used yeah. to tell me, you know, they, they they liked it when Calgary was in town because they get a ton of you know, <laughs> old retirees from, from the Alberta well, you know, area. You know, a lot of Detroiters live in that. Uh, That's true. Down there. And there and, are a and, lot of Chicago. the Red Wings were good, they yeah. used to... Uh, they used to do well, but it's... Red, Red Wing fans used to travel everywhere, though. So that you know that was that was part of it. But you know, and and you're seeing that with Vegas, with the Golden Knights. I mean, tons of visiting fans anytime sure. they play at home. Because hey, let's go out to Vegas for a few days and go see the you know insert team here play. And and uh, it, it just hasn't caught on that way in Phoenix. Now, there's all that talk about the new arena that they want to build, and the the question always is who's going to pay for it. They haven't figured that part out of it. It's uh, not going to make any difference. It'll make a little difference, little but it's difference. not going to make any difference. It's you know, not going to make you a hockey town, <laughs> right? I don't think so. No, I mean, and, it's not. You it, know, they were supposed to pan out with all that young talent, and that just oh. hasn't happened. And, you know, but, you know, relying on young talent can only get you so far. I mean, we're seeing that with the Edmonton Oilers again this year. The greatest line I ever heard about the Oilers, I saw it on Twitter. They said the, the Oilers are kind of like Chuck E. Cheese. You think it's going to be a lot of fun, and then every year it's just a bunch of kids running yeah, but around. Did they make the Western Conference final last year? They they, they, were, they sec- went they went second round. Second yeah. round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we thought they were on the way up. Well, what happened? They just why are they not playing well? They they're not getting the goaltending they need, and they the guys just you know we're seeing with the, this with the Wild too. You get. 20, 21 year old guys, and you say, Oh, when they mature, God, we're going to be good. Yeah. What if they don't mature the way? Yeah, but you got you the best player in the to. world. Well, maybe. McDavid. McDavid. He's well, a great player. One of the great, five best players. Great, in the great world. player. Absolutely. And, you know, probably the best young player. He and he and Austin Matthews. Although, Austin Matthews, I don't know if you saw, first time in his career, was held without a shot the other really? day. Really? So there's panic in Toronto I, now. Uh, Everything's wrong. I, uh, follow a couple guys in Edmonton, Terry Jones, and a couple other guys. Yep, and, uh, yep. I I think the GM and the coach both might mo- both might get blown out up yeah. there. They're uh, they're of, in a big panic that uh, that somehow this uh, this team might not Speaking even. Speaking of Edmonton, the I I think it was Saturday morning. I heard your story about when you went up to Edmonton for, yes. the, for the Western Finals and seven all. They, they they politely applauded when <laughs> seven times. Hey for Wayne, her. nice pass, <laughs> nice pass to Curry Wayne. That was uh, that was Mahoney. 
Yeah. What year was it? That was 84, I want to yeah, say. Boy, that yeah. was a long time ago. Last last time the North Star, well, no, not the last time. I, the last time I, uh, I drove out to Viking, Alberta to do a piece home on of the, the Sutters. Home of the Sutters. Sutters, yeah. yeah. To do a house in the, the piece on the Sutters. Went out there. It's like two hours across the prairie. And there's a and lot it, of prairie it, out and there. And it was all the duck, all the duck ponds oh, there sure. were yeah. full of Great you know, spring ducks. Way. And Charlie Hallman was with me. Even though I was doing the piece, he was the beat guy. And he came along, damn near killed me from lung cancer <laughs> with a pack of cigarettes each way. But uh, Charlie was just, I said, oh, there's a, some green wings. There's some bluebill. There's some bluebill. There's, how the hell do you know what ducks they are? And I said, well, that's, uh, so we were seeing them in full foliage. But I remember that. And, uh you know, I remember uh, going out to see Gracie, the old man Joe. I think it was Joe. Gracie was the mom. Yep. And Mike was home. The one brother who didn't play in the NHL was home. <laughs> the black sheep of the family. Yeah. And uh, and I think Joe was the old man. He wouldn't come in off the trailer. He uh, off the tractor. He was too busy. He was busy. Uh, yeah. Too busy plowing. And uh, and then I went into town and uh, and to the bar to see what the fellas in the bar had to say. And one guy said, "Yeah." We always thought that Wayne Gretzky and Gracie should uh, should get together. They could uh, raise a superstar that went in the corners. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey humor. Hockey there. humor. I like it, yeah. All right. We'll be back. Talk a little about our slump-ridden wild. Getting you caught up on the week in pucks. It's the Hockey Half Hour with Jess Myers. Combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the ride with Roycey. I heard someone say this yesterday, and he's correct. Uh, we uh, look at 82-game hockey seasons and try to judge them as though they're 16-game NFL seasons. Uh, two weeks ago, Doobie hadn't given up a goal in three games. Three straight and games. Everything was... And you couldn't we stop were, Jason Zucker. We were getting healthy. Yep. Getting healthy. Everything was going good. And now they've given up 13 goals in the last two games. And uh, what, 30 goals in the last seven or something? And it's a complete collapse. And Judd is, Judd is in a complete panic over this thing. Well, and, Judd uh, panics about a three game winning streak, yeah, though, too. So well, keep that yes, in mind. But yeah. then, because he's was then waiting for the losing streak. But exactly. <laughs> that's 82 games. Stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right, especially in this sport where you know usually it takes three goals to win. That means we get to overreact about sure. everything eighty-two times. That's yeah. that's and the way this thing works. Makes it wonderful. Yeah. And now we'll overreact about the fact that Zach Parisi might be coming back, and and we'll overestimate you know what that will do to to, to the team. That kind of shot in the it's arm. It's going to take a while, though, isn't it? I, I mean, would they think said so. He's just starting to skate. Just he's starting skating to skate by yeah. himself. If it's got to be two, three weeks. I would. If think. he's back on the ice by Christmas, I think they'll they'll chalk that up as a win for them. Them, right? Because uh, yeah, it's going to be a while. Well, and uh, so uh, Staylock, we we got to bench Doobie after he gives up six, and then Staylock's in there for seven. And uh, I will say one thing: as a casual hockey observer, yes. And now they got rid of Kyle Quincy today. They have given up more breakaways this season in how many games? Twenty three or four? Yeah, twenty four. Yep. Than Jock 
Steam gave up in some seasons. <laughs> you know, that was a different style of play. But, man, there's been a lot of breakaways. That's that's why all this sudden interest in Nate Prosser coming back? Because you need something on defense. You know, you brought okay. up Ryan Murphy. Oh, Prosser got cut by St. Louis. Pro- Prosser waved got, by St. Louis. Prosser yeah. got waved by St. Louis. And now there's all that talk. Do you bring Prosser back to try and, you know, stabilize the defense again? Especially now because Jared Spurgeon looks like he's going to miss a couple games. Couple he's, games he's, yeah. he's banged up. Ah, so. bring back Prosser. What, good Elk River why, boy, right? Why not? Yeah, you know, what nice, the heck? Good, he's been good back team many, guy. He's many quiet. Times. He doesn't. Doesn't cause any problems. No, and, he's, and, and we can squeeze him in just barely underneath the cap. Yeah, but I, you know, but you and I talked off off air a little bit. The core stays the same. You 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 rotate all these fringe guys, but the core stays the same. At what point do they do something bold and yes. and, and you know jettison a guy or make a trade or well, you know the make, idea make something that, to wake him the up? The idea that they aren't going to do dramatic changes comes when they give Koivu an extension with a no trade in it. Right. Right. Before the season? Before the season. That kind of indicates we're happy where we are. Yep. Yep. So, uh, I... And, I mean, you hear that from Chuck Fletcher. You know, he talk, he, he talks about the fact, and it's true, they had their best season ever as a team yes, last year. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. You know, so, you know, he, he's quick to say, hey, why radically realign and revamp what we're doing? You know, he, he tries to be the calming voice here. Yes. But... You know, you mentioned the goaltending. I'll use the NFL corollary where they say if you've got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, maybe that's the same way with goalies. If you've got two pretty good goalies, you don't have a good goalie. So, you know, hey, I, I don't know what you do. But Dubnik, now that we're all down on him, will have two straight shutouts. Exactly. He's, he's streaky. That's the way he does. You know, I mean, there's he's not going to ever be Carey Price. but uh, No. You know, Although I, Carey I Price know. had his troubles earlier this year as well. But so, you, you know. look as... Shaky as they played, I think they're eleven and fourteen or something like that. But yeah. uh, they're like six, but they're six points three, back out of the race. Yeah, yeah. they're but everybody's it's a big mess there. So it's uh, nothing. And the other thing is they can't keep those people away, no matter how how they play. <laughs> they tic- couldn't keep them away. <laughs> those with tickets a fire are sold. Hose. Yeah, yeah, they're no, all those, sold. Those, those tickets have already been sold. Hey, uh, I was joking with a friend of mine who was in the Philadelphia market because uh, I said they're all quickly becoming eight North or Dakota. Nine. Eight nine, nine in a row now. The, oh, the Flyers have lost. They're all becoming North Dakota fans because they're all saying fire Hackstall. Now, oh, yeah, right. the, the line I heard from Brad Schlossman, our friend at the Grand Forks Herald, he said, you know, keep in mind how many of those North Dakota teams that Hackstall coached were terrible at Thanksgiving and would wind oh. up in the Frozen Four. So, you know, maybe it's the same deal <laughs> where he needs some time to build a team, but I don't know if they're going to have... He won't make it to Christmas. Yeah, though, I don't know if they're uh, going to have that kind uh, of patience. Eight or nine in a row. Not yeah. in that town. No, Not in that town. Because they... They take their hockey serious there. It's Absolutely. it's one of those they got and they got a core that that they not that grew up with the Broad Street bullies, whose parents grew up with the Broad Street bullies and made them into hockey fans. And I, I got to think he's uh, not going to make it. So okay, speaking of the Arizona Coyotes, we got to talk about a former Coyote, former member of the Wild, John Scott. Remember him? Big, oh, big sure, goon. he was the MVP of the uh, All Star game. How, right? about, how about this note I get from Michigan Tech, his alma mater? Yeah, he will make his acting debut tomorrow night, Thursday night, on the CBS show SWAT. Where he plays a quote vilified professional hockey player. He, really, he will make okay. his acting debut. So tune in to see John Scott on, oh, that's, that's uh, on the SWAT show tomorrow that's night. That's good. So uh, the uh, Gulfs have Wisconsin this weekend, um, getting beat twice by Notre Dame. The uh, the odds of uh, 
keeping the dominance in the Big Ten are uh, slipping a little. I think the I think the the Gophers are three, four, and one, right? Yeah, they are. And and Notre Dame, you know, that was kind of a, a muscle flexing on on the part of, uh, on their part. Uh, Wisconsin, to like to think this rivalry is reinvigorated a little bit. Tony Granado brought his team in here last year, won a game. The fact, and... he's off coaching the Olympic team. Take. You got this. You should have told them to go to hell when they asked you to be the Olympic <laughs> coach. You got this rebuilding project down in a town that nobody goes to the games. He tries to minimize it though. He says, yeah. "Well, it's only a couple weeks." You know, so I, I, yeah, I just got to just just zip off, over. He to, was just off coaching yeah. uh, some. You know, they, he's coached them in some tournament a couple weeks ago. Talk three about weeks a, ago. Talk about a tough job too when all these guys are, are you know flaking off to play for their national teams and and you know he's got to have essentially a collection of college guys. Although I saw Brian Gianta now said he wants to he wants to play for the Olympic team so so that might be well they're you know, still slapping it together right they yeah. don't know who they're going to bring in no, right? it's it's still so wide open so you mentioned Wisconsin Minnesota the rivalry I got to tell this story I took my dad we drove to Arizona over the over the weekend we stopped at the Golden Bee in Colorado Springs I don't know if you've heard of this place it's the old English pub on the grounds of the Broadmoor Hotel, you no. know, and that for years, that was where Colorado sure. College played. Everybody in Colorado, you know, in college hockey, that was kind of the epicenter of it. That's where the Frozen Four started. Yes. So the Golden Bee was where everybody went after the games. It's this classic English pub. You have fish and chips, all that. Still you know, there? Still there. Big mugs of beer. And they have a live piano player every night, and they play okay. the piano, and everybody in the pub sings. Now, okay. I, I post like nice. Yeah. So used to be. I mentioned the fact that I'm at the Golden Beat, and Doug McLeod tells a story about when he used to travel with the Gophers. Mm-hmm. He said the piano player there, he knew when the Gophers were in town, and he would time it exactly. The second he saw Herb Brooks walk in the door, he would start to play on Wisconsin, <laughs> and the whole place would sing. Is that right? Fantastic just moment. To, just to agitate Herb. <laughs> now, aren't they still playing in a remodeled Broadway? Broadmoor? No, no. The Broadmoor I thought World, they remodeled it. They they have a new place called Colorado Springs World Arena, but it's okay. down it's down the hill. It's on the freeway. Okay. You know, nice modern seven thousand so seat arena. Is the ice sheet gone? The ice sheet is gone. It was an old horse barn that they had converted into a hockey arena, and and they tore it down and built condos or something. Like People that. don't realize the genesis of the NCAA hockey Final Four was four teams being invited to yeah. the tournament, yeah. two from the West and two from the East, and it was there were no playdowns. It no. was no, no. it was invitation. Yeah. You know? yeah, it was. It and was the, the it was the owners. The owners of the Broadmoor Hotel said, "Hey, how can we, you know, attract, yeah. you know, provide some more entertainment for the guests?" Jeff Sauer told me when he was playing at Colorado College, their games would start at like eight thirty, eight forty-five at night sometimes because it was <laughs> after dinner, dinner entertainment for the final. Well, the, the WCHA would send two teams, right, and then they'd pick two teams out of the East. And what year did RPI beat the Gophers? I want to say 54. 53 or 54. 53 yeah. or 54. Uh, and I, so I looked that up a while back, and these four teams were invited, and Michigan had been kicking the crap out of everybody, and there were stories being written in our paper, I can't remember, Dick Gordon, I remember the little <laughs> Dick Gordon, sure. uh, suggesting that the West was so sick of the impotent competition they were receiving from the East that they were considering setting up a tournament between two Canadian colleges and the West. That Whoa. it was going to be instead of having controversial. Any, instead of having any teams from the East and the big controversy at the, they'd had the four coaches at a luncheon. You know the pre day, the pre tournament luncheon that everybody had back then, and then Michigan 
which had beat the Gophers like 12 to 1 or something the weekend before, uh, got beat by RPI in the greatest upset in hockey history. And then RPI turned around and beat the Gophers, too, and then that put an end to that nonsense. But RPI saved Eastern hockey. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it was it, it was fascinating to read this thing. So, about. If, so if you're a college hockey fan, if you get the chance and you're in Colorado Springs, go to the Golden Bee and see and see mm-hmm. where it all began. And, of course, I go in there. Think on, of some guy agitating Herbie. There's nothing that I admire more than somebody agitating Herbie because uh, <laughs> Herbie was easy to agitate. He was I'll easy to agitate. That. And mm. I walk in there on an average Sunday afternoon to have you know some fish and chips with my dad. Colorado College's coach, Mike Havlin, is sitting two tables over, so it's still the I place. I told you the greatest compliment I ever received. Gentlemen, you got to hear this one. The greatest compliment I ever received was from Herbie Brooks after he'd won the gold medal, and I had written uh, that... Herbie Herbie was looking around for a job. It was 81. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yep. And he wouldn't take a job. And I said, he's holding out for the job he really wants, emperor of the world. And he was calling to complain about me. And he found out that I had gone off to St. Mary's Rehab Center. So I think it was Wong. He called up and said, I'm tired of being libeled by that talented alcoholic. <laughs> so I like the talented part. Absolutely. Talented alcoholic. The great outdoors coming up right now. What are we talking about? We're going to talk to a female conservation officer from the DNR. It's increasingly diverse. It's not just all white guys anymore okay. who are conservation officers. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about ice safety. Be safe out there, folks. On Red, yeah, Red we Lake, already got a couple of cars ice. going through. That's right. Coming up at 6 o'clock. All righty. Thanks, Jess. Uh, we'll uh, do this next week. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.